Reckless, how are you guys feeling tonight? Those of you who don't know me, my name is Natalie, and I am one of the student ministry interns, and I'm so excited to be here tonight. And again, if this is your first time, we're on a series called The Story of God, and we're talking about the different stories that are seen in the Bible. And last week, and tonight, we're continuing the conversation of creation, but we're specifically looking at what Genesis 2 says about God's relationship with Adam and Eve before sin, right? And so I want to start the night off with asking you guys a question. I'm going to ask you guys this question and, and keep the answers in your, in your mind, but really think about it, okay? At some point, whether in the past or even right now, how, how, have any of you ever felt alone, right? And so maybe this is, for example, physical. You feel physically alone, right? Maybe you're in school and you're like, I don't feel like I have a lot of friends. I don't feel like I physically fit in. Or maybe you do have a group of friends, right? And you do go out a lot with people, but you still don't feel like you fit in. You still, something inside of you is making you feel like, I just still feel alone, right? Or maybe if you don't feel any of those things, we can say, okay, you don't, you've never felt alone, but have you ever had to question why as humans we have to interact with others, right? So I'm in college right now, but even right now in college and when I was in high school, when the teacher would have me get into group projects, I would really be like, why? Why do I have to work with others? I can simply do this on my own, right? And so tonight, we're going to look at what God says about community in Genesis 2. And my prayer for you tonight is, if you've ever felt alone or if you're feeling alone tonight, my prayer for you is that you'll find hope in what we're going to talk about tonight, right? So if you guys take notes, um, here's my first point. My first point is, we are God's masterpiece, and our belief in this will affect our relationship with God and with others, so in Genesis 1.27, it says, So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. I want you guys to understand something about creation. God intended us to be created in a certain way. Before even creating man, which was Adam, God knew that us humans were going to be made differently than the rest of his creation. Because we specifically would be made in his image. To be made in God's image, that requires a lot of time and patience. From day one to five of creation, God explains his creation fairly, fairly quick. I don't know how many of you guys have studied Genesis um, before. So basically in the first part of Genesis, he's talking about how Everything that we know of today was created, right? So it starts off with, so he created the heavens and the earth, right? And, and he said, so there was light, so he called it day. But there's no explanation as to how this stuff really came about. I mean, I really question and wonder, man, how did God know that light? How, how was light made? So how was that day, right? Or how exactly were the animals made? There's no explanation to this. But God automatically sets us humans apart from the rest of his creations because, yes, we were made in his image, but also God explains our process of creation, something that the rest of his creation in Genesis isn't mentioned. In Genesis 2, 7, it says, 
Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Everyone, real quick, I want you guys to take a real deep breath in and a deep deep breath out. Yeah. So you were able to just take a breath in and a breath out because the breath of God is in you. Tonight, I don't know where you stand with your relationship with God. I don't know if you guys are believing half of what I'm saying. I don't know if you guys don't believe anything, right? But what I do know is that we're on this earth because of the breath of God, right? I mean, think about how special we have to be for God to physically blow life into us. And not just how special we have to be, but how much care God took to really create us, right? When I was going through, through my message notes and I was thinking about this verse, I couldn't help but think about, okay, we're created in God's image and, and he took a lot of time and patience to create us. Yet we all do this, I do this, yet I'm still not happy with sometimes with the person that God created me to be, Right? I get on social media, I watch TV, um, specifically keeping up with the Kardashians. And so I, I, I see how all these Kardashians look. I get on my social media page, I compare myself to other girls, and I'm not happy sometimes with the image that God created me to be. But man, you guys have to understand something. We are just so special to him. Us humans, his creation was something that he and the Bible really, really spoke into, right? And not only are we so important and special to him that he breathed life into us, but he allowed man to also be a part of his creation. So in Genesis 2.19, it says, Now the Lord God formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man, who was Adam, called each living creature, that was the name. So imagine being a part of creation. I mean, imagine God coming up to you and asking you to name this animal, right? And so he, say he brought you an animal and you named it a cow. That animal will, animal will be named a cow as long as it's on this earth because God gave you the opportunity to be a part of his creation, And that is so powerful, in my opinion, because God is God, right? He didn't have to give Adam the the option of naming, naming an animal. He didn't have to ask him. He simply could have done it himself. Or better yet, he could have asked Adam to to name an animal, and Adam could have said cow. And if he didn't like that opinion, he could have easily changed the name, right? I don't know how many of you guys can also agree with this, but um, a lot of times my parents will ask me to do something for them. And I'll do it for them. And as I'm doing it for them, because they asked me to do it, they're on me. They're on me, telling me to do it one way, telling me to do it the other way, telling me I did it wrong. Right? And God, being the ultimate creator of this whole universe, allowed Adam to take part of his creation. I'm not sure about you students and how high school looks like today for you all. But when I was in high school, looks were everything, right? Looks were everything. The way you dressed put you in a certain category. The shoes you wore, 
the way you had your hair, the people you went out with, the people you hung out with. And for a moment, I wanted to be a part of that. I wanted to be a part of that, not because I agreed with everything, but because I had this fear of being alone, right? And so I let who I was be defined by everybody else. I wanted to be accepted by everybody else. But when the moment came that I understood what it really was like to be made in the image of God, when the moment came that I understood that who I am is how God specifically made me out to be, I decided I wanted to live my life that way. So that meant I had to not hang out with certain people, right? That meant I I didn't have to go out to certain places anymore because it wasn't lining up with what God wanted me to do. Right? And ultimately, that left me being alone. But God, he doesn't want us to feel alone. He doesn't want us to feel alone, which leads me to my second point of marriage. So in Genesis 2, we see the first account of marriage through Adam and Eve. And like all relationships have their love story, Adam and Eve have their love story as well. In Genesis 2.15, it says, Then the Lord took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work and take care of it. Right? So Adam was the first human created. Right? And God put him in the garden and God gave him tasks to do. So he wasn't just created and was just thrown into the earth like that. No, he had his responsibilities too. Right? But in these moments, there was no sin. So it was just Adam, the animals, and God. Adam was chilling. His life was fine. His life, there was nothing going on, again, because there was no sin. But God knew that animals weren't that great of a companion for Adam. How many of you guys have pets? Yeah. So I have a dog. His name is Chubby. Absolutely love Chubby, right? Man, he's such a great pet. And I love this dog. Like right now when I get home, the first thing I'm going to do is go straight up to Chubby, and then I'll go see my parents. Right? I love Chubby. But I can't really talk to Chubby about my everyday struggles. <laughs> he won't really understand. I can't really tell Chubby about my problems, about my struggles or successes. Right? And the same was with, with, was with Adam. The animals weren't obviously that great of a companion. And so as a benefit for Adam, God created Eve. And in Genesis 2, 21 to 22, it says... Then the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man and brought her to the man. Now, girls, I know all of us dream of a really great proposal one day, right? I I know I do. I, I, like, I think about my wedding day. I think about how I want my proposal to be. Um, so for you guys, just to learn a little fact about me, my boyfriend is in the back. Everybody say, hey, Max. Hey, Max. So this part's for you, Max. So for me, you know, my proposal, it looks a little bit like this. I'm in New York City. I'm on a really high terrace, okay? There's petals lining up as I'm coming into the apartment, into the terrace. There's a heart-shaped, uh, uh, there's a heart-shaped rose right there in the middle where he's going to propose. New York City in the back. 
okay? And the moment that he pops the question, there will be a photographer hiding, getting my reaction, and then my family all is going to come out and we're going to celebrate. That is what I dream of my proposal to look like. So you got that, Max? You took notes? Good, because now that he knows, he can't really mess it up, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he can't, he can't mess it up. Well, for Eve, she kind of missed the proposal part, right? Eve was taken from Adam, apart from Adam, right? Adam's rib. And so God took Eve and brought her to Adam. And because she was taken from him, that made them one. Then God continues to explain to us basically the terms and what happens after you're married. So Genesis 2.24 says, That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is to unite his wife and they become one flesh. Now, do I got any mama's boys, daddy, daddy's girls in the room? I'm definitely one, so I'm not ashamed. Come on, raise your hand. Yeah. A lot of us. Yeah, it's fine. Don't be ashamed. I'm a daddy's girl, for real. And out of all the verses I was studying for tonight, that one hit me really hard. Because I'm ready for that proposal, but I'm not ready to get out of my house. And my mom's not here, so I can't point her out. But uh, I'm not ready to leave my house. I even told Max, after I get that big proposal that that I just shared with you guys, we're going to buy a big land. I'm going to have my house in the center. 10 feet to my right, my mama's house, 10 feet to the left, my sister's house, and so on and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's how I picture my future. But, you guys, I believe that God mentions marriage right off the bat of creation because God saw this as an opportunity to make creation better. He saw it as an added bonus for his masterpieces, which is us. But as humans, we look at our social media, we look at our, 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 the TV shows, and we let everything that we see define the things that, that we want in a relationship, especially us girls, right? I always grew up with, 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 the, with thinking that the man that I was going to end up was going to be like a Prince Charming, like, like in a fairy tale, a Disney fairy tale, Right? But you guys, please understand that God created marriage before sin because that was his perfect image. That is how God intended marriage to be. And this is the goals that we should be longing to have. But I also want you guys to understand this in in the focus of marriage, right? Eve wasn't created to fulfill something that Adam was missing. Because Adam was created, there was no sin. He was living in perfect harmony with God. So there was nothing that Eve could do to fulfill this this feeling of loneliness or any other void that, that we humans feel sometimes, right? Eve was just created as a bonus for Adam. And God, he saw, he saw the importance in numbers. Genesis chapter 2 ends with this. It says, Adam and his wife, Eve, were both naked and they felt no shame. Now, for many of us, that's like a hard image to even think of, right? I know if that was me in today's world, with sin in my life, I would feel ashamed. I would feel embarrassed. 
I would feel really awkward. But for Adam and Eve, there was none of those feelings. Because there was nothing that can hinder their relationship with God because there was no sin in their life yet. And that's the type of relationship that God wants for you and me. Not one where we're naked and we don't feel anything, right? But he wants a relationship where we can have a a union with him. And there would be nothing that can really interrupt that connection between me and him. And this leads me to my third point, which is community. I want you guys to understand something. God, he is so understanding. Because he could have easily made things different. He could have made things different to the point where Adam never would have Eve, right? It could have simply just been Adam. And he could have done that because he is God. And if that's the way that he wanted it to be, that's the way it would have been, right? But God saw the importance in community, and he knew that in a sinful world like in the one that we live in today, our communities and our friends can be used to help us get closer to him. Again, there was nothing that could change Adam and Eve's minds or distract them from living a life not for themselves, but a life for God together as a community. And the same is for us when we associate ourselves into our different communities, right? Our communities are are one like today, right, at church. Our communities are the ones that we place ourselves in at school, the different clubs, sports teams that we're in, who and, and where we sit in the cafeteria, what you do outside of school, right? And our goal should be as friends to push each other to be. God created us to walk closer with him. And you are not alone because he desires you to walk this life with others. And that is an opportunity that we offer here at Westridge through small groups. Small groups is a time where we come together as friends and we can share all of our successes. We can share our struggles. We can talk about um, what went really well today, what went really bad today. We can have fun. We can eat together. We can hang out. But ultimately, small group is a place where as friends, we're walking life together. And we're lifting each other up to get closer to God. I don't know what you guys, your opinion on small groups is, right? For all of us, it's very different, right? Some of us are really excited and we're ready to go. and, And this is something that we've all been waiting for. And for some of us, it's something that... Maybe we dread. Maybe we don't want to come to. Maybe, again, we feel alone and we feel like there's no place where we belong. Or, or again, maybe you think that there's no point in small group. I'll be honest with you. So I've been coming to Westridge since I was in sixth grade, right? I've been a part of small group since I was in sixth grade. And I grew up with the same small group up until, until my high school, I would say junior year, Right? But when I decided, like I told you guys in the beginning of the message, that I wanted to live my life a little differently, things changed for me, right? I no longer like small group anymore. Because I didn't feel like I fit in. I didn't feel like I could relate with the girls that were in my small group. So I would come to the message and I would just leave. 
did not like small group at all. And because I didn't come to small group, it started affecting the way my relationship with Christ was. Because I had no one to walk this life with and to share certain things that maybe I, at the time I didn't feel comfortable sharing with my parents, I got away from God. I did. I didn't really care for church anymore. Because when you feel alone, it's a strong feeling, right? I don't know how many of you guys have experienced this. But when you feel alone, it can make you do things that maybe you've never thought about doing. It can make you think a certain way. Even think of ways that you would have never thought that you could think, right? It's a strong feeling of feeling alone and not being accepted. And I remember... This feeling of, of, of loneliness, it teared me up. I, I fought all the time with my mom. I was angry. And, and at that point, I didn't know why I was angry, but I was just angry. And I remember this one time, I was in my room after arguing with my mom. I didn't want to talk to my boyfriend. I didn't want to talk to anybody, right? I don't even know what happened, but I found myself on my knees on the ground crying, literally Pleading and asking God to just save me because I didn't know what else to do. Because the feeling of being lonely, it was tearing me up inside, right? So I remember just telling God, God, I don't know what's wrong with me. Is something wrong with me? Do I need to change something? Do I need to think a different way? Do I need to look a different way for people to accept me? I don't know, God, but all I know is I'm tired of this feeling. And please just send me somebody, something I don't like this feeling anymore, right? I remember it had to take me being on my knees, seriously being honest with God and, and telling him how mad I, I am at him because I felt this way, how, how I felt like he wasn't in my life, right? And so what happened next? It, not, it didn't happen within a day or two days. It took a while, right? But in a form of me joining a club, God sent two amazing, amazing friends who to this day I consider my sisters. And not only that, but as a group, we were able to, to join a small group here at Westridge. And I got plugged back into to small groups. And it was a way for me to, to walk life with other girls who I felt like I did fit in with, girls who, who not only were, were pushing me to become closer to God, but were also pushing me to be the best, best version of myself. Tonight, and maybe for the rest of the week, my challenge for you guys is to really evaluate your communities. Ask yourself these questions. Are they pushing you to be closer to God? Or are they pushing you away from God? Are they pushing you to be the best version of of yourself? We have to be honest when we're talking about our lives. We have to be honest when we're looking at the communities that we're in. Because whether we realize it or not, we become influenced by those around us, right? And I'm not telling you you can't be in, in, with somebody who, who doesn't, I guess, make the best decisions. But what I'm telling you is that you have to really be honest with yourself, and say, is this community pushing me closer to God? Because, because if it's not, then is it worth it? I don't think God 
created community and God created Adam and Eve just for creation. There's a purpose behind community. Relationships go two ways, right? We have to do our action part and God will do the rest. It took me having to make the first step and tell God how I was feeling and be honest with myself and him and just ask him to send me someone or something. And God did his part, but it took me having to do mine as well. Like I said, feeling alone is a really hard feeling. But no matter how many people you guys surround yourself with, none of them will ever be able to fill that void like Jesus will. Adam didn't need Eve because he was living in, without sin, right? But you and me, we're living with sin. And, and I can have my boyfriend, I can have my mom, my dad, my three sisters, I can even have all of you guys, but none of you will ever fill a void that only Jesus can fill, right? And I don't know where you guys stand tonight with your relationship with Christ. I don't know if you guys 100% believe in what I'm saying or 100% think I'm crazy and do not believe anything. But all it takes is for us to have a little bit of hope. Right? Because when we're in these feelings of feeling alone and desperate, we have nowhere else to turn. That's what it feels like, right? But God, he's here. And he's reaching out to you. And he's saying, I'm here. Ask me and you will receive. Right? When we ask God to, to place us in, in the communities that he desires us to be in. Or when we ask God to please just give us an answer as to where we need to go, as to who we need to be with. Uh, maybe even feeling better about ourselves. God will respond. But he's here. He's opening his arms to you and he's saying, just come to me. Because the reality is, we will never be accepted by everyone. We will not. But the only one that we can truly find acceptance in is Jesus. And tonight, if you're saying, man, I'm just so desperate. I don't know what else to do. I'm tired of this feeling. But if what she's saying gives me a little bit of hope, then I want to be a part of that. It doesn't take magic words. All it takes is you being real with God and telling him, I'm tired. I can't do this anymore. All it takes is you realizing that, yes, you are a sinner. That, yes, you can't do everything on your own. But it also takes you realizing that God can. And by me saying that, that doesn't mean that when you accept Christ into your heart, your life is going to be completely better because it's not, right? Because after I received Christ in my life, I still felt betrayal at times. I still felt lonely at times, right? But what it does do is give you hope in the midst of your feelings. And so tonight, as we dismiss into small group, guys, really, I urge you and I challenge you guys to really look at your communities and be real with yourself and with God. And ask yourself the questions, am I being the better version of myself? 
And are these people and these communities pushing me to be closer to God? So before we dismiss, I'm going to pray you guys out. But again, I want you guys to understand, no one, no one. Eve wasn't fulfilling anything for Adam. And there's no one on this planet that will fulfill anything that you need but Jesus. And tonight, if you decide that you want to put your life in his hands, all we ask is that you guys please go to the next steps table and fill out a I've decided card. And we have resources for you guys. And again, like I said, it doesn't take magic words. There's not one special prayer that you can say and that will make you saved. All it is is you realizing that you're a sinner and that you can't do this, this, this life alone and that you need him. And you need him to rescue you. Be serious and intentional about the groups you place yourself in. Anywhere you go. Because God saw community as a good, good, good thing. Right? So let's pray. Father God, I just want to give you thanks for this day. I want to give you thanks for this moment. I want to pray over these students and these leaders and that they understand the true value between community. You made community to be a good, good thing. And in this sinful world that we live in, Father God, it's sometimes so hard to, to figure out what communities we should even place ourselves in, Father God. But tonight I pray that you just be with these students and these leaders, that you give them a clear mind, you, you give them peace and comfort in knowing that regardless of anything that they're feeling, they can always come to you with the truth and you will hear them out and, and you will be there with them, Father God. I want to pray over small groups as, as we dismiss the students and the leaders that you just be in their small groups um, and that there's real good conversations that ultimately would lead students back to you, Father God. And so we thank you for this night. Pray that you bless this night and the, and the rest of the week for us, Father God. It's in your name we pray. Amen.